On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to The Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Thursday, November 4th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, Jimmy, and Andrew uh, momentarily as well, ready to break down the Thursday NHL card. As always, plenty of games on a Thursday. Before we get to all of those, the big news of the day, it's over, finally. I don't have to hear about it. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to hear endless rumors and innuendo about this guy's involved and maybe they're going to trade that guy or this guy's maybe part of the package for Jack Eichel. I don't have to hear any of this anymore. It's done. Jack Eichel is off to Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, and will be joining the Vegas Golden Knights as finally the trade is done uh, and he will be joining the Vegas Golden Knights traded from the Buffalo Sabres uh, in exchange, of course, for uh, Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, future first round and second round pick and a future third round pick uh, as part of the deal as well for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. One of those is top 10 uh, dependent uh, as well. So keep that in mind. But uh, at the end of the day, the deal is done. All this talk, especially as it's picked up the last week or so, we were starting to hear last week, 10 days ago about how it was so close to uh, a deal being done uh, for Jack Eichel. So it's good to see that it is finally uh, done uh, and Jack Eichel can move on. Uh, and uh, go to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. He's finally now, of course, uh, with this trade, uh, going to a team that's going to allow him to have that artificial uh, disc replacement surgery uh, in the neck that he was looking for all along with the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So we're still looking at a timeline for Jack Eichel that he is not going to be with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights until after the Olympic break. That's about the earliest that we can expect him uh, to make his debut for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. But the bottom line is, it's done. I don't want to go into too much about who won the trade, who lost the trade. I think it's too soon to tell. We know Jack Eichel when he's 100% healthy, when he's motivated and in a situation where he's happy and he want, you know he can still be a dominant player and a superstar in the league potentially. And the question is now get healthy after the surgery and will we see that? So that's the question. As far as the Sabres are concerned, uh, they're, they're gambling a lot. You talk about this being a gambling show, a betting show. Uh, they're betting a lot that Peyton Krebs is going to be a franchise difference maker uh, for uh, the Buffalo Sabres moving forward. And, you know, we've only seen him in little spurts here with the Vegas Golden Knights. I haven't seen it out of him yet in terms of that, you know, that difference maker, that huge big time NHL top six forward yet. But maybe more opportunity uh, in Buffalo will be good. Uh, for Peyton Krebs, the Alex Tuck edition. It's a guy that, you know, has been in the league and has proven score uh, in the past for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's also had definitely a ton of issues with injuries the last uh, couple of years, including this year. He hasn't played a game yet this year uh, for Vegas, but it's a good veteran addition. 
give you a little bit more punch offensively up front for the Sabres. So again, to me, this is not the right time to really evaluate who winners and losers of the trade because there's just so many question marks. All I know is Buffalo is gambling a lot that Peyton Krebs is going to be a big time player and they better hope so. Uh, and, you know, Alex Tuck's going to be fine. That's a nice addition to draft picks. We'll see who they take. And for the Vegas side of things, you're going to have to hope Jack Eichel gets healthy and gets back to the level he played at at times with Buffalo when he is healthy and when he's motivated and fired up. And certainly winning is probably going to be that fuel for him and that adrenaline rush that's going to make him a better player. And obviously there wasn't much winning going on for Jack Eichel with the Buffalo Sabres. So uh, that's just my thoughts on the trade, but it's more than anything, guys, it's just good to see the trade is done. We don't have to speculate about it anymore. Uh, Alex, thoughts on the uh, Eichel deal? Yeah, personally, I'm sick to shit of hearing about it. You know, so I'm glad that it's finally it's done. <laughs> you and, and the rest of the hockey world. Yeah, 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 right. You know, and and then the thing too is that it's like, okay, well, making this trade, and then you're wondering like, was well, he going to be all right to play? Like, obviously, you have a speculation over you know whether you know what what particular neck surgery should he have. That was the whole thing that started this mess. So you still got to, he said, wait and, and see what's going to happen with Eichel. Maybe he doesn't come back and, and and he's you know not the same player anymore. We 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 really don't know. So there's like I said, there's a a, a multitude of gambles on both ends with this deal. Uh, and I've heard mixed reviews about Peyton Krebs, all, even though it's very early in his career. Uh, some people are saying that, you know, Vegas won this trade. They kind of fleece Buffalo because he, he's not going to really kind of pan out to be anything close to Eichel talent wise. I've heard some people just say that, you know, like I said, he'll be a serviceable player. So there's so many moving parts still, as far as, you know, what happens down the road. But like I said, just the idea, the fact that everything is done and settled, uh, you know, it should be a relief for not only just, like I said, all of us, but I'm sure the players in, in, in those respective locker rooms are tired of hearing about it as well. Uh, you know, Buffalo's playing well right now, and they're going to get Alex Tuck back, you know, like I said, within a month or two potentially, as he was currently on IR. So if they continue to play well, then they can say, hey, you know what, we, we're finally moving on. We're moving forward without Eichel. We don't have to hear about it again. Let's, you know, try and, and, and continue to win with the players we've got on hand right now. So, uh, I'm sure everyone's just kind of, like you said, relieved. I think relief is basically the, the biggest word to use when uh, describing this deal. Yeah, relief for the teams that uh, finally got the deal done and relief for everybody not having to hear about it anymore. So you're right, relief all around. Relief is the key word. I agree with that. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, who was just driven to almost, I don't know if he was driven to drink, but I'm sure he felt like it last night covering this thing and all the speculation and names like Kachuk and Monaghan on the Calgary side, maybe being in play or how much was Calgary involved in tracking down a trade for Jack Eichel. And at the end of the day, it ended up being Vegas where he went to, but Jimmy was a a busy man last night. Weren't you, Jimmy? Yeah, I was guys. And uh, you know, look, I, I know as I reported there that, you know, Calgary really made a late push there. Names like Matthew Kachuk and Sean Moynihan were on the table. I don't know how close that was to happening. I don't think Calgary ever wanted to deal Kachuk for sure. Moynihan, I'm kind of up in the air from what I heard. I I, I think that was more of a possibility. Um, but then you look at it and you look at the start that Calgary's had and the fact that they wouldn't get Eichel until later in the year. It's like, why would they mess with that roster right now? I know that they've underachieved for so many years, but they seem to finally be gelling they seem to finally be realizing their potential. So it didn't make much sense there. But, hey, they made a late push, and I think that push is what pushed it over the top for Vegas to finally include Krebs in the deal because all along that was what Kevin Adams wanted. Uh, he really wasn't going to do a deal with Vegas until Krebs was in there, and that's what happened, and that's why the deal got done. So I, I, I think it's a good deal for both sides. I like what, uh, you know, what Vegas gave Buffalo there. I like Buffalo's return. A lot of people are knocking it. 
I don't know why. I, I think it's a good deal for both sides. As long as Jack Eichel, Eichel comes back healthy and can beat a Jack Eichel we know, then it's going to work out. It's going to be one of those great hockey trades in the end. And I really think, you know, if if Eichel's able to come back, I heard Elliot Freeman say late February, early March, and, and Vegas is able to stay in it with all the injuries they've had, uh, and they get him and Carlson back by that time, and they're in playoff contention, then they're going to be really dangerous up the middle. And that's been one of the, the knocks in them, right, is their center depth. And now they have that. They've got the wings to go around them. So uh, they're going to be a potent team if everyone can stay healthy come March, April, July, you know, May and June and into July, into July if they keep playing into the Stanley Cup Finals. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, like Alex said, I'm just – I'm so sick of reporting on it. I'm so sick and tired of talking about it. I'm happy for Jack Eichel, too, because I can tell you I know a lot of people close to him, and he's in a lot of pain. Uh, and you can't imagine what it's been like for him to wake up every day or maybe not even get much sleep and, and deal with that pain and know that there's nothing he could do about it until he was traded. And, and he definitely felt like he was being held hostage by the Buffalo Sabres. So good for him that he's free to do that. And it looks like he'll get that surgery next week. Um, and we'll see how this turns out down the road. Yeah, Glenn in our chat's right. If Eichel comes back, he's healthy plays like Eichel, he's fired up, he's happy, he's producing, he's being that difference maker, he's scoring, he's setting up his teammates and, and just being a dynamo offensively, then obviously this is a great trade for Vegas. And it will, be, it will be worth it for a team that, look, they're not hanging back now. This is go in, win a Stanley Cup time for Las Vegas. That's what that's where they're at, the Golden Knights. There's nothing to hold back on. This is win now time for them. Yep. If you got a chance to bring in a Jack Eichel, you make the trade. And obviously today they have made that trade i think for fans too guys i mean look at it now you're gonna get to see four times a year mcdavid versus eichel the two top picks in a 2015 nhl entry draft going head to head four times a year so for entertainment value for us as hockey fans and now we know that you know tnt and espn are paying more attention to those specific teams and in mcdavid and getting them on a national broadcast i think it's going to be great for hockey to see those guys go head to head so many times and then potentially in the playoffs as well yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I like what they're doing with the national TV schedule this year. Definitely better, uh, for sure. Uh, TNT, what they're doing than what NBC did for years. They're putting some putting Connor McDavid and the Oilers on last week because, hey, it's Connor McDavid. Who cares he plays for a Canadian team and it won't register in the ratings because it's not an American market. You know, you put the best players on the ice or uh, on your television, national TV games, and finally I think TNT is doing that. Uh, Andrew, uh, what were your thoughts on the uh, Jack Eichel trade? You know, it, it took a little while for it to kind of register for me to kind of develop opinions. I was kind of going back and forth and I looked at it more and more. And uh, I think Vegas, I think that uh, Buffalo won this trade big time, big time. I don't even think it's close. Uh, and, and it's funny because I've, I've heard all kinds of different opinions, um, you know, completely different than me. But, uh, you know, this kind of and, and to Jimmy's point about the health, obviously, you don't want to mess with someone's health. You don't want them to be restricted. But. Let's be honest here. I don't think if if uh, Jack Eichel was in 100% health, he'd be sitting here saying, let's go play hockey for the Buffalo Sabres. I, I still think he wanted to play for a different team, whether he was in tip-top shape or not. And to me, it just kind of, this is like the first, you know, NBA-style trade we've seen in the NHL in some time now. You know, it's, you know, you're playing for the Sabres that have been dog shit for years. And you see Jack Eichel's tweet. Did you guys see his tweet? It's like it's like he it's Christmas morning for him, and a, and a kid got everything he asked for from his parents for Christmas. That's what it seems like right now. I mean, 
the little kid got exactly what he wanted, gets to go to Sin City, a team that has so much talent, and put a smile on Jack Eichel's face and make the boy happy. He'll come back for playoff time and all is good. I hope that, you know, I'm not saying I hope he plays horribly, but I hope that that Vegas, you know, has some chemistry issues out the gate with him. And I hope that Tuck has so much success in Buffalo because I feel like a player like him, it, it deserves it there. I mean, he he probably does. He, he got recognition in, in Vegas, but I don't think he even got enough recognition in Vegas. I think that we're going to see that that trade work out real well for the Buffalo Sabres. Last thing they wanted was a drama queen there anyway. They wanted to get it done. You guys use the word relief. How is that a drama queen? Seriously, Andy. Like, I mean, if you you looked at the way that team is run by the Pagoulas and the amateur phony GM they have in Kevin Adams. I think they're both to blame personally. No, no, no. The the management is to blame, absolutely. But I'm I'm judging just based off what I've seen today. I think that it it looks like you have an NBA all-star playing on the Detroit Pistons that just got traded for the LA Lakers. That's what it seems like to me. Okay, so, for him though. Why? Why? Why not? No, no, no. Good for him. Good. Good for him. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm on the, I'm on the side where I think that uh, Buffalo is going to flourish with that, and I don't understand That's how cool. people are saying that uh, Buffalo got a bag of pucks. That's just all. Well, I'm I don't kind of. But you I, I'm kind of. I'm wound up, Jimmy, because I feel like everyone on, on Twitter and people that I've even articles I've read from, you know, verified writers like yourself are are, are speaking like Eichel just went for nothing. And I think that I, think, uh, no. I, just yeah, I think Buffalo got a great I haul. I just think that yeah. I think I don't know where this this uh, this profile, this false image of Jack Eichel came from. He's not a prima donna man. He just did what any other athlete would do. He wanted out of there. And I, look, no, I, I feel mean, bad for his injury. Jimmy, but if you wanted out of Montreal right now, I'm saying that I'm I'm not I'm not saying that his health is something that I would never uh, make fun of somebody or call them any names or anything because they wanted to get a surgery. I'm saying that he could be in tip top shape right now. And he potentially would have been wanting to get out of Buffalo. That's what I'm saying. But do you blame him? I'm a huge guy that I, I, I like loyalty. I, I, that's one thing I grew up playing basketball and I cover NHL. I, I'm on NHL podcasts or right. hockey podcast. And I don't like the NBA Jimmy, because I, I hate that about the NBA. I hate that about basketball. Any player in the NBA today could say, I want to trade. And it just causes a whole thing. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to go play and have success. And I think he will. I mean, that line that he's going to be on, if he if he gets Pacioretty and Stone or the lines that he gets on, that could be one of the best lines in hockey. I think we could all agree on that. You know, right up there with some of the yeah. best. Um, you know, and and maybe I was harsh. And I, I, I appreciate Jimmy coming in and saying that. But my whole point is that, Buffalo didn't get a bag of pucks. They got some great players. You agree on that. I, I just think Eichel, a lot of people knocking Eichel, and I don't think it's fair because I don't think he did anything wrong. I mean, how, how is Buffalo loyal to him? What what have they done that's been loyal to him besides give him a contract like any other team would do mm. for a number two overall pick? But I'm just saying what well, – He what wore the C Buffalo too, didn't he, Jimmy? I mean, he huh? did wear the C. So they treated him maybe poorly in this situation. But all I'm saying is that let's pretend he's in tip-top shape right now. Uh-huh. Like because I'm I'm not an asshole. I hope I, I I'll retract anything I said that made it sound like I think someone shouldn't demand a surgery. I'm saying if he was in 100 percent health right now, he might not want to be a Buffalo Saber, and the same thing would probably be happening. Well, yeah, am I, I, mean, am I wrong? He'd have, to, he'd have to have his mental health checked if he wanted to be a Buffalo Saber. <laughs> <laughs> organization is a joke. I, I just I don't know, man. I maybe it's because I know I know I know him and I know I know his family and I know people that are close to him. 
So I'm not speaking objectively here, but I just think that he he's getting a uh, there's been a narrative that he's a prima donna that's been sent out by the Buffalo ownership and management. And it's not correct because you can go talk to any of his teammates. They all loved him. And no, he seems like a great guy. It yeah, seems like so, a great I mean, guy. I, I don't see how he ever did anything wrong. And then the fact that they held him hostage and they didn't let him get his surgery. Well, and okay, when Jimmy, he's in pain, he's in Jimmy, obvious pain. He said it. Yeah. He's, let, he's let, let me let me let me retract and rephrase then if you can give me the all chance right. to. I I did the drama in general from both from just in general in the air. All of us are using the word relief. I think both parties, management and Jack Eichel, will be happy to have that over with. To your point, nobody wants to be a Buffalo Sabre. Nobody wants to be a Detroit Piston. All I'm saying is if the Detroit Pistons gave me X amount of money, I would do my best to make sure I'm playing for that team. And it just seems to me right now like someone just hit the jackpot and they're going to play for the Lakers to win a you know an NBA championship. And yeah. that, just, that just rubs me the wrong way. That's all. And oh, I, I, I'm just trying to take the side of the Sabres in the fact that I feel like they, again, got more than a bag of pucks and it just... I hate that people are saying There's that. a big difference with the NBA players doing what uh, they do and what Jack's done. Uh, yeah. The NBA players didn't have a team that was not letting them have neck surgery yes, to I alleviate that. a painful, painful injury in yeah. petty fashion. That's that's yeah. the big difference. But I, and I get what Andrew's saying. Yeah. Now, now if, if Ico all of a sudden, let's say he comes back fine and then Vegas gets bounced the first round and then they have a slow start next season, and now all of a sudden he's doing the same thing. He wants to trade out of Vegas. Now, then that and then we could we could exactly. Start yeah. I'll agree with that. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah you can't compare Jack Eichel to say what Kevin Durant did years ago. Yeah. That was he just never asked out of Buffalo until until this whole surgery yeah. dispute came up. I mean, he never okay. once said I want I want out before any of this happened. He always stayed loyal to them until they decide to be complete assholes to him. And I don't they like just, that either. I don't like that either. Yeah. I, I guess I guess my passion is just stemming from Jimmy. Um, all I agree the articles with you. I've I don't read. like that either yeah. about the NBA, man. I'm totally with you, but I just think that, and I'm not blaming you. I understand it. I think that there's been a false narrative that's been put out there mm-hmm. and maybe is influencing right now what you think would have happened even if he was healthy. I don't think this happens if he's healthy. He, he's not asking out if he's healthy. If that's the case, I respect it. And, and, and you know, he wanted uh, to win what, a cup in that city, man. He loved, the, he loved those fans. You know, and I, I'm with you though. I mean, I don't, I don't see how anybody could say that Buffalo got a raw deal in the trade. They did well, and you know, I don't like Kevin Adams, but hey, he got what he wanted. He wanted Krebs, and he wasn't going to do it until he got him. So I, I will him. say something about what Jimmy just said, though. About he loved the fans. Where's that thank you to the fans tweet from Jack Eichel? I haven't seen well, it yet. But, well, how, how good have the fans treated him though over the last year since this started? Yeah, you should. You got to say something. You can't just put Vegas well, baby Vegas and not say tickety boo about the will. fan base. That Photoshop didn't take too long to make, did it? That's not classy. He yeah. should do it regard. He yeah. should be the bigger man. Correct. I, I would. I wouldn't want to do it yes. after the stuff people yeah. are saying about me right now. But you know, if whoever's if, doing if, his Photoshop if, though is, it must be getting paid a pretty dime, or he's copying and pasting from somewhere because that's pretty smooth Photoshop he had on his Twitter. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of these guys don't even work their Twitter handle. I I, I don't think it's that. <laughs> yeah, they pay guys to do put it all up there for yeah. sure. So uh, that's that. We'll close the book on the uh, Jack Eichel stuff. It's good. It's done. I will say uh, that line's going to be nasty. I mean, it, the chemistry w- probably should be pretty sick for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's it should be a fun team to watch with him on there. Yeah, yeah. It, it will be. Yeah, it, but well, we're going to get out of that cap mess though. That's, that is. That's yeah. going to be interesting. <laughs> that's the thing. You're going to have. Ca- that's why you, you better win. Here. You better win. And look, I heard they might try to bury one of their stone maybe in long-term injured reserve. So do the Kucherov thing. Ah, this uh, is interesting. 
Yeah, it will be. Well, so. yeah, I, I mean, that might it might conven- I don't think they're gonna like intentionally do it. It might conveniently work because yeah. the thing is, he's got a back issue, and yeah. the timetable for that is kind of unknown. So yeah. it might just kind of work. And and hell, if they find a way to win without uh, these guys, if they can, you know, get in playoff positioning, they could probably bury uh, afford to bury Eichel and uh, Stone, and then have them come back in the postseason. So, yeah. yeah, I gotta ask Jimmy. I, just one more question, Ian. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta follow up. I'm just curious because I was kind of making all those statements. What's the reaction around and what's the longevity here? If he's going to play for, I don't know, the Kings or the Coyotes, obviously no one wants to play on a horrible team, but what, what are we all talking about here in the next year? If he's going to play, I mean, you know what I mean? I That's all I Kings. I, well, I, like I said yesterday, I, I wouldn't be worried about the King. I think the Kings are on the rise. But you Whether, get my point, like, though. Michael Trade would have raided their system. That's a whole other question. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think the King, the Coyotes, I don't know, man. I don't even know if the Coyotes are going to be there next year. <laughs> So. Yeah, well, yeah, we could do a whole show. That's a whole different story. That's a <laughs> yeah. we, that's a whole other show that we'd have to do to talk about. I hope, I hope there's somewhere where they speak the French. Ice. Yeah. Up in Quebec, that's where I hope they end up. But we'll yeah. see. Yeah, that which could be. Uh, and you know, they're chomping at the bit. They got a building ready. They got ownership ready. They're ready for hockey in Quebec yeah. City. So that will happen. It's a question. We of know Air Canada won't be a sponsor, though. Not it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well said. All right. Thursday card, let's get to it. New York Islanders, Montreal Canadiens. New York Islanders, minus 130. Road favorites, five and a half. The total shaded to the under uh, in this game. Man, uh, the Islanders have been on the road for a very, very long time. At least the one bit of good news is the, the NHL's tried to give them some time in between all these road games to try to let them decompress, get some rest, you know, get their legs under them, like kind of what's happening going into tonight. They haven't played since Saturday. They lost in a shootout. Uh, to the Nashville Predators, three to two. Uh, before that, they beat Vegas and Arizona, uh, beat Chicago. Uh, and uh, other than that, though, it's been an up and down start for uh, Barry Trotz and the Islanders, just three and four uh, here in their first seven games. They'll be looking to bounce back after the Nashville loss here against Montreal. The Canadians coming off a three nothing shutout against Detroit. Um, so that's two wins for them against Detroit already this year. So, and unfortunately, you can't play Red Wings 82 games. So, how are you going to fare here against the Islanders? Uh, they did play a good, better defensive game, which was good to see. And it kind of looks like Montreal might be getting back to playing that kind of style, you know, a little bit lower scoring, tight checking, knowing that, hey, the, we're, if we're going to hang in games, we cannot be, you know, opening the game up and, and playing run and gun hockey. And that got this very, very patchwork defense in trouble. Let's be honest, the Habs are shorthanded right now uh, on the blue line. Weber may not play another game for them or any NHL team. They've got Edmondson out. Uh, they've got uh, uh, a couple others out. Now, the, the good news is Sherratt and Petrie are still there, but you know, you're know you playing guys like Chris Weidman and Brett Kulak. Brett Kulak's not good. I'm sorry. I've seen enough of him. He's not very good. you got to play him now more minutes for the Montreal Canadiens. So the, what you make up for is you know, don't give up those odd man rushes. Don't really chase the game. Be sound. Be sturdy. You know, Really try to play airtight and let your offense flow from that. And I think that's kind of the way they approach that game uh, against Detroit the other night. So the under definitely makes sense. The Islanders are certainly trending uh, under the total in this game. Five straight unders uh, for the Islanders. You look at Montreal after the road trip. They wanted to clean it up defensively. They did that uh, in the 3 nothing win against Detroit. So the under makes some sense to me. Could only look at the Islanders here, but I got to admit I don't love the price at minus 130 or so. But I lean Islanders and the under here 
uh, in this one. Alex, Islanders, Canadians. Yes, I'll more than likely be passing on this game. If anything, I would probably look to hopefully see if there's a goal scored very early and then jump on a live under. Uh, at six and a half, I don't want to lay a dollar thirty-five with under five and a half because things can go haywire, and all of a sudden you get a couple of goals late to push that over the total. So uh, it'll be a pass, but I might circle that. And if I do see a goal in the first two three minutes, to jump in on a, on an end game under. All right, Jimmy, what do you like here, Islanders Habs? I love, you know what? I love the under in this. I'm with you guys on this right now. I mean, obviously, I think that the Islanders are really trying to just go back to their, you know, their roots and, and play their type of game. They kind of got away from that in the beginning of the season. And I think right now that they're going to try and get that undergoing and really solidify the defense. And then you look at Montreal with the game they played the other night. I mean, if I don't think you can replicate that every night. That was almost a perfect performance from the Montreal. I wish they could, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, and, you, know, you know, every team would love to do it. But I, I, I think that if they can do anything close to that and, and really just tighten up the middle there, uh, they're going to be all right. So I like that under. I think it's a great call. All right, like in the under, uh, Ilya Sorokin, very good numbers, by the way, uh, in net for the Islanders uh, this year. Jake Allen, a little bit more up and down. Uh, for him, but uh, obviously the team helped him out the other night against Detroit in a much better performance. Uh, Andrew, uh, what do you like here? I want to look at an Ian Cameron strategy here, uh, one that I have to take note of and uh, make sure I do as well, and it is looking at a player to get involved on the score sheet after getting their first goal of the year uh, and getting some points, and I know I think you probably know who I'm talking about here, Ian, and uh, that's Nick Suzuki. Uh, I'm going to look at him uh, to get on the board here. I think it's a really good price uh, at plus 300 for him to score. Um, it's actually, you can still get a pretty good price on him to just get a point in this game at minus 120. Um, so I think that we're going to see that line get going finally. That line's been kind of hurting them a little bit. We haven't really seen too much production out of them. But I won't take too much time. I mean, you guys are right. I, I think if the game script goes goes the way both teams would like it to, then the game should stay under. Um, Dominic Ducharme said that puck support is what he wants. I mean, the players kind of talk about it, supporting each other both ways. Um, I, I watch pretty much every single post-game press conference that I can. Um, sometimes I even hear Jimmy's voice in a couple of them for the Bruins. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I like to hear some good quotes. And I find that when you just watch, like, um, highlights on TV, they'll only show you the juicy ones. I want to hear all the conversation and, it just sounds like every player bought into the back checking. So we'll see if that plays a huge factor. But uh, I might even look at the first period under here, guys, because like Alex said, a couple, you know, couple goals here and there in the second period, that game gets away from us. But I think both teams might try and stick to their game plan and at least have a good defensive start there. All right, good stuff. Uh, Vegas and Ottawa, we've got the uh, Golden Knights, minus 110, minus 115, uh, road favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, you know, there's people saying that uh, Vegas, going into this game, they're going to be so excited to play tonight because of the trade. Well, they're not going to see Eichel on the ice for months. So how excited <laughs> can they possibly be? You know, obviously they're happy that they're going to have him at some point, but it's not like he's going to be on the ice tonight or even in the next week or two. I'm talking months before he finally makes his uh, Golden Knights debut. Obviously, Vegas is very much banged up. Uh, a lot of us like Toronto in regulation. Uh, the other night against the Vegas Golden Knights and Toronto shuts them out for nothing. I mean, this is a lot to overcome. You know, it was not just Pacioretty and Stone before Zach Whitecloud on the blue line, but now it's William Carlson as well with a foot injury. He'll be out for a, a month and a half, it looks like right now. Uh, and you can see, tell Vegas just struggled. And, uh, 
against the Leafs. And uh, they're not a team I'm looking to lay a price with on the road. It would be Ottawa or pass for me. Uh, Ottawa is 3-2 and two at home this year. They do have a winning home record uh, going into this game. They uh, are off a really tough loss against Minnesota. They fell behind early. It was a back-and-forth, higher-scoring affair. Uh, tied the game, took the lead 4-3, uh, to three, and then Minnesota tied it up, one in overtime, 5-4. I would only look Ottawa here in this game. I'm not in a rush to lay a price with Vegas right now. Just too injury-riddled. And look, Ottawa's not Toronto, at least on paper. But it's just too many injuries for Vegas, and it's really impacting negatively their performance as a team. And to be honest with you, I need better from Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard's been kind of up and down this year uh, for the Golden Knights in net. So for me in this game, it would only be a look toward Ottawa. Don't love it because of the uh, uh, spot for Ottawa third and four nights uh, in terms of the schedule. But uh, I lean Ottawa for sure. Alex, what do you think here? Golden Knights and Sens. I really like this first period over. I got it uh, minus a dollar twenty over uh, one and a half goals. You look at Vegas eight and one uh, with a goal scored in the first ten minutes so far this season. Uh, you got Ottawa that's in a the same spot seven and two. They are also six and three to the first period over so far. So both these teams are trying to get off the fast stars, and obviously, like I said, with you know Vegas having uh, offensive uh, issues, they should be able to, to try to find some solace in the fact that you know Ottawa is letting in goals in bunches. We saw how crazy that game was with Ottawa and Minnesota uh, the other night. So this is definitely a spot where we can see you know Vegas. They want to try to jump ahead and get a goal early. This is the team to do it against. And, and vice versa for, for the, the Senators. So I think we'll see a couple of goals here early. That's the only thing I'm looking at. I don't want any part of either side. All right, Vegas-Ottawa over one and a half first period for Alex. Jimmy, uh, Vegas-Ottawa. Oh, I think, uh, Jimmy, we've lost him. All right, Andrew, Vegas-Ottawa. There we go. We got Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy's back. There you go, Jimmy. Go ahead. Oh, just, just unmute your mic. You're good. Weird, it won't unmute for him. Oh, there you go. You're good. Yeah, I'm here, guys. Sorry, my computer froze there. Um, you know what, guys? This game is a bit confusing for me, but one thing in terms of the side, I mean, but one thing I do like here is goals. I, I think we're going to see a back-and-forth game here. almost feel like maybe we could see an OT or a shootout. I think it goes back and forth, and we see a lot of goals. Give me the over. Uh, over five and a half here with Vegas Ottawa. Yeah, the n- numbers come down here a little bit in this uh, game uh, between these uh, two teams. It went from six down to uh, five and a half here. Vegas has been trending under, but uh, not so much Ottawa. Of course, they were involved in some uh, higher scoring games back to back against Chicago uh, and Minnesota. And the last time they were at home, they gave up seven <laughs> to the uh, to the Washington Capitals, uh, seven five uh, in that game. Uh, it's just a question of. Uh, whether Vegas, you know, with all the injuries up front, can uh, maybe cash in on an Ottawa team that we've seen the last few games has been giving up some goals. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Your Golden Knights and Sens. Yeah, right there with Jimmy. You know, right there with him. I, I was <laughs> uh, Alex's best bet the other day was one of my favorite bets uh, on the board, and that was Minnesota and Ottawa over five and a half. Um, it's it's just nice in general, guys, to get a five and a half with this Ottawa Senators team. So yeah, I, I like what Jimmy said. I'm, I'm on the over as well, and. Um, you know, I was saying earlier today that some people might call us kind of nuts for backing and over with the Vegas team right now, uh, wondering who's going to score the goals. These are still NHL players. There's still some great guys on that lineup, despite some of the injuries. And, you know, I always talk about how young the Senators are. But when you're young, you every shift's a new shift. I feel like they have the memory of a goldfish, which is awesome offensively. But I also feel like, you know, they might miss a couple assignments back checking or, or there might be some odd man rushes going the other way. So. This should be a fun game to watch. And let's be honest, 
it was not a good performance for Vegas against the uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they'll want to write that ship right away here um, against a lower team here uh, in the Atlantic Division. And I can't really say much because my Montreal Canadiens aren't doing very well either. But uh, it should be a better bounce back opportunity for uh, Vegas Golden Knights. All right, next up, we got Tampa Bay and Toronto. Toronto minus 140, uh, home favorites here, five and a half the total in this one. Leafs playing better hockey, three straight wins for them, although the first one against a really good team uh, came against the uh, Vegas school, albeit uh, banged up shorthanded uh, for nothing last night. But it was a really good, solid, complete game. You took advantage of a team that's uh, losing some key pieces uh, and uh, you know a team that uh, is struggling a little bit right now in the Ottawa Senators, and Toronto was good at both ends of the ice. Uh, from the goaltender, Jack Campbell, on out. Their big guns uh, scored all the goals. Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, William Nylander. That's what you want to see. I mean, if only Sheldon Keefe could bottle up that performance and transfer it with him for the rest of the season, everything would be great uh, for the Leafs. But it doesn't always work that way, so a lot, especially with this Leafs team. Sometimes you see a great game and you don't you see a not-so-good game after that. Uh, you got Tampa, three straight wins for them. 5-1 over Pittsburgh, 5-1 over Arizona, and a 3-2 win uh, against Washington uh, the other night. Uh, penalty trouble for Washington really cost them uh, in that game. Uh, it's interesting to see how this one goes. Total sitting at uh, 5.5 here uh, in this one. I lean over at 5.5, which is you know not a total we see often with the Lightning or the Leafs, and we did see Toronto's big guns uh, step up, uh, get going the other night. That could be something maybe that goes into this game, but obviously the Leafs, blue line which has played better the last few games will be tested by Tampa a little bit and when you look at series history with the Lightning and the Leafs the one thing we've seen nothing but six six and a half and even a couple sevens with totals in this series history between these two teams so for me it's not a best bet it's a small bet because I respect the defensive game of and goaltending we've seen from both teams lately but at five and a half I'm going to take advantage of a much lower total than we've seen with Lightning versus Leafs games recently so uh, for me I'll go over five and a half here Alex Lightning and Leafs yeah I mean it's not gonna make my card as other plays I like but uh I, the only thing I'd be looking at here would be the over five and a half because you know this is a, a Tampa Bay team. They're still trying to get their their legs other than as far as you know goaltending concerned. They're not going to be playing a lot of uh, shutdown hockey right at this moment. And, you know, everybody looking at the last game for Toronto. Okay, four nothing. They shut out a Vegas team. We just talked about the uh, the you know how anemic this offense is for Vegas. So that's not really uh, you know saying a whole lot either. So I could definitely see this going over five and a half. I don't think it's going to be a, a track meet like we've seen in in recent years, but I should get over that number. Yeah, definitely big. That's the one thing that stuck out to me when I first looked at this game, when I uh, started looking at the card for tonight, was that six and a half, six, six and a half, a couple, a seven or two in, as well in the last few years with these two teams head to head. And here we are, five and a half. Talk about a major difference with tonight's total compared to all of those ones. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Tampa, Toronto? Yeah, guys, I'm looking at the at the side here, and I think a Jimmy Puck line is going to come out on this one. I, I I think this is a huge game for the Toronto Maple Leafs, a measuring stick type game of where they really are. Yes, they've turned things around recently, but really, who have they beaten? You know, now they go up against a defending two-time back-to-back champions on home ice. They're going to be jacked up for this right now. Tampa's kind of been a roller coaster so far this season. I think this game means way more to the Toronto Maple Leafs right now than it does to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So. Give me the Leafs on the puck line. All right, Jimmy. Jimmy puck line there. Toronto minus one and a half. And I agree with you fully. 
I agree. I, I would only look Leafs here in this game. And I don't love the price, and I don't fully trust this team still. But I, I understand what you're saying. I, I do believe, like, they played, a, they played as good a hockey game for 60 minutes as I've, I've seen the Leafs play in a very long time the other night against Vegas. So uh, can they can they bottle that up, bring it to Tampa? Look, a much healthier and, you know, complete team right now than Vegas. Let's be honest, Vegas is banged up. But if they bring something similar tonight against the Lightning, they, they should be in good shape. We'll see. Andrew, what do you think here? Tampa Bay, Toronto. Well, I, I'll tell you one thing. I can promise you guys that Jimmy and I weren't at Tim Hortons picking up these coffees together. We weren't hanging out, going over our cards together. But uh, I'll just echo what Jimmy said. Uh, I feel the exact same way. Uh, I like the Leafs. I don't have the balls to go puck line. <laughs> but I, I, I like the money line for the Maple Leafs tonight. And I, I think that confidence is a huge thing with this Maple Leafs team. If, if there's anything that I learned from watching that all or nothing Amazon series with the Leafs, I'm not saying they're sensitive. I'm just saying that maybe their top guys, it's not the best strategy to call them out in front of the team type of thing. Mitch Marner scoring back-to-back goals, highlight reel for the second one, big for him. Matthew's getting on the board. I always chirp the Leafs about not having depth, but when it comes down to it, you need your top guys to be your top guys, and then the depth can follow through. And I like what you guys said about them not uh, beating top-tier teams yet. I don't really care. They've just gotten some wins. They played solid hockey last time around. We'll see if they can do it at home. And uh, I think at home is a huge thing here as well. If this was in Tampa Bay, maybe a little bit of a different story for my handicap. There you go. Like in Toronto, a little safer for Andrew, though, minus 135, minus 140 uh, to get the Maybe when I'm Jimmy's age, I'll have the big balls he has. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Age is a sensitive thing today. <laughs> yeah, but uh, definitely, uh, it feels like if there's a time for the Leafs to be in the in the position mentally, for confidence wise, to finally win a game like this against Tampa Bay, it's tonight. So, I mean, you, you, you say well. those are sensitive things too. What did you say? Did you call them? Did you well, say I age is a sensitive thing today, man. I turned forty seven today. Oh yeah, it's your happy birthday. birthday. Yeah, 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 happy birthday. Yeah. No, I remember seeing that oh, on man. online that it was your birthday. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Or congratulations, happy birthday. Happy birthday, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's why the glasses are on. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. Okay, now it makes sense. Birthday uh sunglasses, yeah. Yeah. You're not trying to do a Corey Hart impression there Bob, sunglasses. Bob, you look good for 40, brother. You look good, man. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. brother. <laughs> happy birthday to our own Jimmy Murphy. Yes, and many more. Uh, to come for sure. Uh, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Keystone State rivalry back on tonight uh, between these two teams. Penguins minus 120 home favorites, six the total in this one. Of course, the uh, Penguins, uh, the news broke earlier this week. They're battling COVID problems once again, including Sidney Crosby. I mean, man, you talk about a team that's just uh, snake bit right now with bad luck and injuries and now COVID-19 again, striking them at a bad time. It's tough. I mean, Crosby, Malkin, Rust up front, Pedersen, Ruedel, Dumoulin, another one uh, involved in the COVID situation, Chris Letang's day-to-day. So again, once again, the Penguins, just when they're starting to get a little bit healthier, and now all of a sudden they're without just a a ton of key uh, impact players, not only on the blue line, uh, but up front as well. Uh, It certainly feels like a spot for the uh, Flyers to take advantage of that uh, going into this uh, hockey game. The Flyers returning home off a a road trip shutting out Arizona, 3-0. Philadelphia has actually surprised me a little bit. They had a they had a good road trip in Western Canada. I mean, the Calgary game, they got dominated. That was a bad game. But before that, uh, they beat Vancouver. Uh, they handed the Edmonton Oilers their only loss so far this year. 
Yeah, so they've actually played some better hockey of late. Three of their last four, they're actually uh, five and two uh, in their last seven games uh, going into this one. It's just there's too many key players out for the Penguins. It's kind of like a Vegas situation starting to develop here with Pittsburgh. How on earth can you trust a team with all these key, uh, all this key personnel out of the lineup to be able to win hockey games right now? There's just not one or two guys. This is a slew. Uh, cluster injuries on the blue line and up front, cl- cluster absences, I should say, COVID and injuries combined, not only up front, but on the blue line. So for me, it's Philadelphia here at a small road underdog price. Alex, Flyers, Penguins. Yeah, the only thing I would look at here would be the over. These are two teams that they don't like each other. We tend to see this happen often where rivals you know, clash and there's a bunch of penalties taken, a lot of power plays, a lot of four and four opportunities and you end up seeing goals being scored. Uh, we talk about it all the time about how Carter Hart, his numbers are better at home than on the road. No, uh, if true. it's Tristan Jari and that Tristan Jari is kind of in the same vein, he plays better uh, at home than on the road. But I, I think this is going to be one of those games where we see back and forth, even with, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, Crosby and, and, and Dumoulin being gone. That's a, a, a big blow for Pittsburgh, but they've already kind of weathered the storm without Crosby. It seems like he, he's hardly been there. Uh, for most of the season anyway. So, uh, you know, guys just have to step up, you know, like they have the, for the first couple of weeks for the Penguins in order to get some goals. But that's a, it's not going to be an official play, but I, like, I look toward the over. Lean towards the over. It's, it's a tricky game because series history is over, 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 Flyers and Penguins. But there's so many injuries for Pittsburgh. Philly's been trending under uh, lately in their games. So, yeah, it's kind of a split, you know, you're going back and forth. At least I am. I'm going back and forth when it comes to the total in this game. Jimmy, what about you, Flyers, Penguins? Well, I'm just looking at it right now, and you guys said, I mean, look at all these injuries uh, for Pittsburgh. And then to get your captain back, you know, arguably still one of the best players in the game, Sidney Crosby, and then boom, he's gone again. It's got to be a tough mental break, not just, just in terms of the skill you're losing there, but just you're trying to get things together and feel normal again. And all of a sudden, boom, he's gone again. So, I, I, I don't understand how the Penguins are favored in this game, to be honest, because the eyeball test lately, I think Philly's been playing some great hockey. Uh, and like you said, a lot they're playing tight hockey too. Carter Hart's been great in that. So I'm going to go with a, a bigger Jimmy Puck line here. Give me the alternate puck line on the Philadelphia Flyers tonight in Pittsburgh. There we go. That's it. Jimmy will throw out the alternative puck line uh, from time to time. Uh, and he's going to do it here with the uh, Philadelphia Flyers in this one. And you can get Philly minus one and a half plus 275 uh, is the price in that game. That's a, a hell of a price for sure. Uh, like in the uh, Flyers uh, in this one. <laughs> yeah, I agree about the Carter Hart stuff, but I actually thought Carter Hart played actually the Calgary game. He played well. The, the Edmonton game, game gave up three goals, but not a lot of them were his fault. Yeah. Uh, and if not for him in the Calgary game on the road, it could have been a lot worse than four nothing that night because the Flyers were just stuck in mud. They were just not in it yeah. physically, mentally, otherwise. They were not in that game whatsoever. Uh, and Carter Hart actually, I thought, kept them in it for a very long time. All right, uh, Andrew, what do you think here, Philly and Pittsburgh? Yeah, I'm on a little bit of a different page. Uh, I actually think it's a short price on Pittsburgh, and uh, I think it's a good bounce-back spot for them. Um, I, I look at that last game, and maybe I'm maybe I'm just too high on Pittsburgh, but I thought that game was not a good one from them. I think that there there have been a team that's been able to, you know, regroup and, and look at what went wrong. And it definitely is a shame. I mean, Crosby comes back, and uh, like like I, I got to get your guys' thoughts. J- like Jimmy, have you seen it when you've been covering NHL? A, a penalty shot get called like we saw it get called against Crosby like that. 
Do you remember what I'm talking about? I mean, yeah, that's yeah, a penalty. Jersey game. Yeah. yeah, that's a penalty, but that's yeah, that's not a penalty shot. You know, well, when you're I Sidney mean, Crosby. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I, you know, I look at Philadelphia. They've had a great year so far, guys. And I, I've been saying that I think that it's got to be an eye test type thing, um, figuring out which teams are for real, which teams aren't, and 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 when one of those teams will start to regress a little bit. And I think Philadelphia has just played a little bit above their means here. Um, you know, call me crazy because I'm going to keep saying the same thing about this Flyers team, but I still haven't really seen much out of anybody besides a couple top guys for them. So one thing, and I don't think anybody can deny this about the Pittsburgh Penguins, whether it's been Malkin out throughout the years, Crosby out throughout the yeah. years, this guy out, they've gotten support. So we'll see if yeah. they can do it again. And to Alex's point, that is true. Is it a real big loss not having sit out there? I mean, <laughs> he played one game this year and he was practically the reason why they lost. And this is coming from a Maritimer that loves Sid. And I know how great he is, but my whole point is that I feel like their depth has the ability to get it done. And uh, I see Chris Letang is still listed as question mark for tonight, but uh, if he's back in, it could help the team. So I'm on the uh, Penguins locked in minus 120. All right, like in uh, Pittsburgh here in a bounce back. And uh, Tristan Jari didn't have one of his better games. The other That's the thing with Jari. You can look good sometimes. And New Jersey was not one of his... Uh, better games in net for the uh, Penguins in that game. So uh, keep that in mind. So uh, we'll see how this one goes here tonight uh, in this one. Should be interesting, though, because you got this banged-up Pittsburgh team that's shown the ability to win without some key players before. But they've lost four or five. It's kind of scuffling, kind of leaking oil. We'll see if they can turn it around tonight. Uh, we've got Detroit and Boston next up. Boston, minus 260 home favorites, five and a half the total the in this one. Up? Uh, shaded to the under. Yeah, it is a big, well, it's a big price uh, because, look, Detroit's kind of uh, got some issues right now. We saw them get shut out by Montreal uh, the other night uh, in that one. Of course, they were without some key uh, players. Uh, but Bertuzzi will be back because now yeah. they're playing in the States again yeah. uh, in Boston. So you will have Tyler Bertuzzi. But no Larkin. No, yeah, Larkin, no Larkin, yeah. Larkin's still out with a personal matter that he's uh, tending to right now. So they'll miss him, but three losses in a row for Detroit. But the thing is, the Montreal game, they got shut out, but they had no Bertuzzi, no Larkin. Before that, though, 3-2 uh, win over Washington, 3-2 loss in overtime to Florida. They yeah. took Toronto to the limit, 5-4. I'm tempted by that, at least the plus one and a half goals here, uh, at the very least. Here, are, these, are these people deciding these lines? Are they watching the Bruins lately? Yeah, who, and who, Bo who, Boston did. Boston did beat Florida and the hand of the Panthers, their first loss uh, yeah. on Saturday night against the uh, Panthers, uh, three to two, but yeah. coin flip game could have went either way before that. They lost Carolina, Florida. the best game of his life. They don't win that game. I mean, I'm with Jimmy. I, I think that's that, that price seems to be the most over-exaggerated one of the day. Yeah. It's, yeah. But Jimmy, the it's fact like is it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what people are going to bet. And people yeah. still love the Bruins. Ian's nailing it there. I would, I would, I like the plus one, uh, plus one and a half. I mean, this is guys. I'm tired. I mean, I'm watching this Bruins team. There's a lot of issues going on with that Bruins team right now. Yeah, they won. I think, and that could be the type of win they need to finally get going. We'll see. But there's just a lot of stuff going on right now that I don't like uh, that I see in practice and I see in games. Yeah, and their defensive game, you're right. They've been caught. They've been making mistakes with the puck. They've been transition games have been, yep. you said, the transition offense is really a hurt boss. Two losses in a row, know. and he's in net tonight. And Swayman's in net. And look, the uh, Swayman's going through his first little rough patch here in yep. the NHL. He played really well for most of last season when he got the nod. But so far this year, one and two, an 893 save percentage so far for uh, Jeremy Swayman coming into this game. So, yeah, I feel this is a uh, a lot 
you know, a big price here. I feel like I want to play it a little bit safer, though, with the plus one and a half, because I could see Boston winning by one. They are good at home. Detroit's, though, been a, one, lost a lot of one-goal games. Look at this Detroit uh, season so far. And I know without Larkin, that's going to hurt, but at least they got Bertuzzi back. And, they've, you know, they've got Zadine has been stepping up for them a little bit offensively as well uh, for the uh, Red Wings. They got Adam Ernie as well, Pew Suter, Lucas Raymond. Uh, Lucas Raymond, by the way, might be worth a look for goal scorer prop tonight. He's moving up to the top line tonight for the uh, Detroit Red Wings, and he's been a nice bright light at times for them uh, offensively. But you look at these Detroit games, the ones they've lost, aside from the Montreal games, you know, one goal loss to Toronto, to Florida. Yeah. They beat Washington. You know, they 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 at Tampa Bay, the first game of the year, they lost 7-6 in overtime, one goal game. So I think the plus one and a half, which is plus 100, uh, even money. I think that's something I'll bet. I, I like that price, and just to lose by a goal, even money, uh, I think that's something to look at. Alex, how and about you? The Bruins you? aren't blowing teams out. You no, know? no, they're not. They're not. They're winning a lot of close games, too. Detroit's losing a lot of close games. So I do. And again, you're not going to get plus one and a half goal. It's a bet I don't make very often because a lot of the time you're laying minus 180 or minus 200 with plus one and a half goals with the underdog. Here it's even money, you know, plus 100. So. I like that one uh, in this game, Alex. Detroit, yeah. Boston. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I like I like that uh, plus one and a half. Like I said even money, and if you know, based on what you guys are all saying about Boston now, that you know, they said that they're not in good form, and we've seen the close games and back and forth battles that we've seen, you know, with uh, Detroit. Obviously, getting Bertuzzi back is going to be uh, a big addition for them that they were missing him those last two games for sure. But uh, this, like I said, seems like it could be a close battle. So I'm going with the one and a half as well. And I'm also going to take the drop, get it at plus 350 right now. Uh, that makes total sense to me, especially if we do see, you know, some offensive struggles. This could be a 2 2 or, you know, 1 1 game potentially because uh, both teams are trending toward the under right now as well. So uh, I think plus 350, you're getting a really good value with that because of how inflated this line is in, in favor of Boston. Yeah, it is. It's a big one. And like I say, Detroit's just been one of those teams that, you know, for the most part this year, they've been competitive. They've been right in a majority of their games. So, Andrew, you're on the same page here? Yeah, I'm on the same page. Uh, I think it's a good opportunity uh, to to look at a team like that and just, I don't know, I think it's, I, I hate using this word in handicapping, but like, let's challenge this Bruins team to blow a team out. That's kind of, you know. I'm yeah. challenging them to put up some big numbers. Yeah, I guess. I, I, they're not there in my eyes yet, guys. They really aren't. You know, like I, I haven't seen – I that win was a good emotional win, and maybe that's what they needed. We'll see. But have you seen anything where they've had that said it was a convincing win? I haven't seen that yet from the Bruins, and I don't think that – you know, that's why they're not justified to be, uh, you know, minus 230. That's just ridiculous. And you can't even parlay piece them either because it's just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, You're not I'm getting not, any value. Exactly. You almost screw it up. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Like in Detroit as well. The puck line plus one and a half. You could sprinkle on the plus two thirty as well. I would I wouldn't talk you out of that, but I think plus one and a half is even better because Boston one goal win could be in the cards and wouldn't shock me to see that happen for sure. All right, Washington, Florida. We've got Florida minus 150, home favorites, six the total in this game. Uh, Panthers, for the first time this year, they've got to try to respond to a loss uh, in their next game. Of course, they lost their first game against the aforementioned Bruins 3-2 to two, uh, on Saturday uh, in a shootout. They'll be looking to bounce back from that. Uh, TJ Oshie, Nick Dowd still out for the uh, Capitals, and Capitals offense is kind of suffering a little bit without Oshie. They've only scored six goals in their last three games, yeah. two goals against Detroit, two against Arizona, and two against uh, Tampa in a loss the other night. So, 
They do miss Oshie. Oshie had been just a huge offensive catalyst uh, for the Capitals prior to his injury. Um, on the flip side, though, man, you've got some injuries mounting for Florida. You know, Sam Bennett not going to play upper body injury. Radko Gudis and Marcus Nudavara uh, on the blue line are questionable tonight. Uh, Anton Lindell out indefinitely. So, you know, injuries starting to pile up just a little bit for Florida. Obviously, they've got a lot more depth than they've ever had in the past. You know, they've still got their top six forward group for the most part, outside of Bennett, that is, uh, largely intact. But there are some concerning injuries starting to mount. You're going into your depth a little bit on the blue line. And like I said, the one thing that I'm concerned with for Florida is I love their top six defensemen this year. But if they start getting injured back there and you're seeing Kevin Connaughton and Chase Prisky going to be the you know five and six defensemen tonight for the uh, Florida Panthers, you know, that's a little bit of a weaker group now that you're not going to have Gudis and you're not going to have Nudavara tonight on the blue line. So that means a lot of minutes and a lot of responsibility on the top four, Wegar, Ekblad, Forsling, and Montour uh, for the Panthers. So going to be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, this total sitting at six, lean to the over because it is a series history that's trended over. I just, I just don't like, though, that Washington has really scuffled offensively uh, the last three games. So it's uh, taken some of my enthusiasm for the over uh, kind of away from this game, but I would still bet it at least for something small. When you look at five straight over, six, five, five, four, five, three, five, four, four, three series history with these two teams. So for that reason, a uh, smaller bet on the over and maybe hopefully tonight Capitals. And again, maybe the Capitals will find some offense because again, talking about a Panthers blue line, two of their six starting defensemen out tonight due to injury. So that could maybe be a little bit of a spark for a uh, kind of a stagnating Washington Capital offense the last three games. Alex, what do you think here? Capitals, Panthers. This is another game I like uh, the draw on. I got it at plus 320, and I could definitely see this. Uh, you know, like I said, if it were to go over, it probably would be still be a 3 3 game head, you know, after 60 minutes of play. We've seen back to back games for Florida going to overtime. Three of the last five meetings between these two teams are going to overtime. I just saw that in the chat as well. So, uh, like I said, Washington's offense is sputtering. They could be able to get, uh, you know, some scoring going against this Florida team because of the issues they have, like I said, missing guys on the blue line. But uh, I just kind of see this being a tight back and forth spot. Wouldn't be shocked to see Washington winning an OT. So, uh, a slight lean toward them at the plus price. But I feel more comfortable with the draw here at plus 320. All right, there's another draw. It feels like we could have some close, competitive, uh, tightly contested games tonight. And yeah, this definitely feels and looks like it could be another one of those. Jimmy, uh, what about you, Caps, Panthers? Well, you know, usually, guys, when I look at a game like this, I would be, uh, I'd be going with the over. I would think with the Panthers and Caps, but I'm feeling under in this right now with the way Bobrovsky's been playing, uh, the way the Capitals are, are struggling to score right now. I like this under a lot, so I'm, I'm going to go with that. I'm not touching the side. All right, under for uh, Washington, Florida. Andrew, Washington, Florida. Yeah, guys, honestly, I, I, you know, there's four of us here, so I won't waste much time. It's going to be a game I look forward to cracking a cold one and just watching. I don't really have a betting take here. No, uh, I think Florida can win, but I don't want to lay minus 150, and I don't like the injuries that, they're, that they've incurred. And look, this is kind of that. They've had this amazing start. Your bubble gets burst. You lose your first game, and sometimes teams lose a couple more after that. So I worry about that for Florida here tonight. I still love this team, and I'll be backing them in a bunch of spots this season. Rest assured, tonight, though, is not going to be one of those spots. All right, let's uh, take a minute to pause for DraftKings. Mention them, our great uh, sponsors here at the uh, Hockey Podcast Network, uh, as well as, of course, uh, the Ice Guys. Uh, DraftKings, of course, the official uh, sports betting partner uh, of both 
uh, the NFL and the NHL uh, as well. And a reminder, if you're a new customer, take advantage of this. You can bet just uh, $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, if you're in a state where you can't use the DraftKings Sportsbook, don't worry. You can play for huge cash prizes all season long. The DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL and NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. You must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app now. Sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN. All right, we move to... uh, Cowtown of the U.S. versus Cowtown of Canada. Dallas taking on Calgary. Uh, We've got Calgary minus 145 home favorites, five and a half the total shaded to the under uh, in this game. Calgary Flames. Look, you compare the game Calgary played against Philly where they dominated. They had all most of the quality chances, most of the shots on goal and won for nothing. And you compare that to the game they actually lost the last game against Nashville. 3-2 3-2 in overtime, you compare the two games and you say there's no difference. Mm. Calgary dominated. Calgary controlled the game. But obviously the difference was they won the Philly game, they lost the Nashville game. And it was just one of those games where, you know, Nashville, a couple of chances they got, they capitalized on a couple good bounces, went Nashville's way on a couple of those goals. And it was a night where UC Soros was very tough to beat for Nashville. He was terrific in net. Calgary had their chances. They just couldn't finish. Uh, so it was a tough loss, but they played more than well enough to win once again. So plausibly, this could be a team on a seven-game win streak right now because you could argue that even though they're six and one, they had the streak snapped by Nashville. They could have won that game and probably should have won that game the other night. So, and I'm not rushing to back Dallas. There's something wrong. Four straight losses for the Stars to Columbus, to a banged-up Vegas team, to Ottawa at home, which is a really bad loss as a minus 200 favorite, and then against Winnipeg the other night. Uh, with with them being rested, they hadn't played since last Friday against Ottawa. Winnipeg's coming back from being on the West Coast, and they lose that game as well, 4-3 uh, to the Winnipeg Jets uh, in a shootout. So uh, this is just not a team I'm interested backing right now, Dallas. I said coming into the season I didn't like this team a whole lot. I thought they were going to trend downward, look to bet against Dallas in spots, and that's what I'm doing here. This is a spot. I think to bet against Dallas, I'm on Calgary here, minus 145. You could go regulation for value, uh, extra value, but I'm going to be a little bit uh, more conservative and go with Calgary here, minus 140 to minus 145 uh, on the full game money line instead. Alex, what about you, Stars and Flames? Yeah, I actually did take Calgary in regulation. I got it at even money. Uh, like I said, this is just a kind of a more of a fade Dallas spot. And, I mean, it is sort of backing Calgary, too. I know – you know, sometimes when we see teams go on win streaks and then finally get that first loss, you tend to want to go right back to fading them because they, you know, can tend to, you know, be deflated a little bit. But I, like I said, I just don't think that's the case here against uh, this Dallas team that's just in poor form. It's, it's, I think they're just getting a, a better price here with Calgary and a better spot. Uh, and like I said, a spot worthy of fading Dallas. So I'm, I'm going with the regulation price for the Flames. Yeah. And by the way, Braden Holpe kind of, 
he's come back down to earth after that incredible start he had uh, in net for the Stars. And now they're going to go with Anton Hudobin. And uh, boy, it's been uh, very, very kind of shaky for him this year. 889 save percentage for Anton Hudobin. Again, a guy that was great in the playoff run for Dallas a couple of years ago. But let's be honest, he's an older goalie now. He's been up and down. He's not a guy that starts every other day, every other night now. Hard to get in a rhythm. And uh, we'll see if he can find it tonight. He'd better because obviously Calgary in good form at the moment. Jimmy, Dallas, Calgary. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, totally agree with you. I actually got two plays on this. I'm going to go right with you. Take uh, I'm going to take Calgary in regulation. And then I also like the under in this as well. I, I just think, obviously, with the way that the goaltending has been for both teams, that's only probably the only bright spot at times for Dallas has been their goaltending. Uh, so I could see a low-scoring tight affair, uh, affair here. So give me the under and the Flames in reg. All right, Flames in regulation and under uh, five and a half. And, uh, yeah, d- credit to Andrew who said the other day that Dallas would play their first over uh, of the season against Winnipeg, although it was a good setup when you look at it. Eric Comrie was in net that night for Dallas. Uh, the Jets have been trending over at home. Jets and the Wild, I've said this before, keep an eye on those teams at home. They've gone over the total in every home game this year, Minnesota and Winnipeg. That might be something you ride moving forward uh, go, uh, with their next games. Uh, Andrew, uh, what do you think here, Dallas-Calgary? Well, I mean, I think we have uh, two teams that play, I think, well defensively, but um, we got a goalie in Markstrom that's just red hot right now. And his analytical numbers are, are up here and eventually they're going to start to level out a little bit, but I'm not prepared for that to happen tonight. And I think we're going to see some regression for this Calgary Flames team in general soon, but it ain't going to be tonight against the Dallas Stars here. They just can't, they can't trade goals with them. Dallas Stars are going to, they're going to feast on teams that play a tight checking game just like they do. And I think those are the games they'll win. Or those are the games they'll get a point on, you know, losing in in, in overtime type of thing. Um, you know, I don't like to do this, but I, I kind of do it all the time. Uh, I, I take some anger I have from a loss I, I had recently and put that forward into the next game. But I got to say, I was tweeting this out. And you guys know those heat maps I've been posting a lot and talking about for shot charge and expected goals. Calgary should have dominated Nashville. I mean... The scoring chances they had were just unbelievable. Oh, they were swarming the net. I was yeah. watching that game. They were swarming Nashville's net and yeah. Soros most of the game. Yep. If you look at the dangerous scoring opportunities and where those came from for Nashville, you'd think they scored maybe one goal the entire game. And if you're a strong mentally te- mental team and you have a good coach, people love to hate on Sutter, but I think his system works for them. You bounce back and you keep doing what you did last game and, uh, you, you know, you don't try and change anything. You say, guys, we played a good game, didn't get the result we wanted. Let's clean things up defensively and, and put forward a good effort again offensively because if I'm a coach, I can't, I can't be really mad offensively of what my team did. So I, I like Calgary. I'm willing to lay the price uh, just simply based off Dallas seems to go to overtime every second game they play in. <laughs> so uh, give me Calgary on the money line. All right, Calgary minus 140 here for uh, Andrew in this uh, game. All right, Buffalo and Seattle uh, next up. The Sabres looking to put the Eichel trade behind them and focus on a game uh, on the ice tonight uh, in Seattle. Uh, The Kraken minus 190 to minus 200. I'm even starting to see uh, with Seattle in this game as home favorites. Five and a half the total. So this is disappointing to me because Seattle's a team that at home I'm looking to back them. I am, but I'm not looking to back them at this price. 
uh, minus 190 to minus uh, 200. There are there is some signs that maybe this you know unexpected strong first week or two, like with all strong starts to a Buffalo Sabres season, is starting to peter out just like we've seen uh, in recent years. I mean, we've seen Buffalo now lose two in a row, shorthanded, depleted San Jose team, beats them 5-3 the other night, and then they lose to L.A. 3-2. So I definitely think Seattle wins the hockey game, in my opinion. Back home, they played played good enough to win every home game this year, Seattle. They they actually outplayed the Rangers and should have won that game at home that lost 3-1. They outplayed Vancouver, but Demko was very good that night at home in Seattle. Uh, and Vancouver won 4-2. And then the other two home games, they did win. They beat Montreal. They beat Minnesota. So this team really could be 4-0 at home. They played well enough to be 4-0 at home, the Kraken. But minus 200, no. Not the right price for me. Not the price range I'm comfortable with for Seattle. But the one thing we have seen consistently with them, even though the Seattle Rangers game, their last home game stayed under, wasn't for lack of trying, and it wasn't for lack of generating chances and offense for the Kraken. Uh, because they had over 40 shots on goal. And you've got to believe against the Sabres defense, which is starting to crumble a bit. You know, they gave up five to San Jose, three to LA, three to Anaheim. So three plus goals allowed for the Buffalo Sabres uh, in the first three games of this West Coast road trip. You got to think Seattle, if they're firing 30, 40 shots, which has been the norm for them here at home, they, they play with greater energy, I find, at home and really try to be a little bit more aggressive offensively at uh, Climate Pledge Arena, their home ice. I think you're going to see it translate on the scoreboard. So I like over five and a half here with the Sabres and the Kraken tonight. Uh, Alex, Buffalo, Seattle. Yeah, I'm right there with you on the over. I grabbed five and a half at uh, minus ten yesterday, and I don't understand what this line move is all about. I get, okay, it's the end of the road trip for Buffalo, but uh, <laughs> we're seeing this, you know, move up, like you said, up to $2 for Seattle. Uh, I don't I don't know what would warrant that that move right now unless there's something that we don't know about. So I think we're going to see goals here. I think we will see some fatigue, like I said, uh, from Buffalo, which would, you know, anticipate them allowing some goals. And like I said, Seattle, you know, getting quality chances at home. I just think this is just going to be more of an up and down kind of game. And if, uh, you know, things could get out of hand and, and you know, for Buffalo and then that, like I said, just, it just adds to more goals, but I don't see where, uh, you know, Seattle just going to just run away with it and score six or seven on their own and, and warrant being the two to one favorite. So uh, five and a half is a good number. This, this still might be a pretty close affair. Though. Yeah. And you would think after a loss to Edmonton for the uh, Seattle Kraken, you'd think, you know, they lost 5-2. Maybe they're not happy with their defensive game. No, if you talk to a lot of the players, they're actually more unhappy about the fact they had so many chances early in that game they didn't finish any of them. So I think actually offense is their greater area of emphasis, believe it or not, going into this game tonight against Buffalo, which I think enhances the case for the over here tonight. Jimmy, what do you think, Buffalo-Seattle? I'm going to jump on that over train as well, guys. I see a lot of goals happening tonight in Seattle. Should be a fun game. I know you look at those two teams and maybe not think that. It's not that attractive, but I think it could be a good back-and-forth game. Yeah, definitely. Seattle team total, you could go that road as well. I lean to that. I just decided – because I do think Buffalo's offense is – they're getting guys to step up and produce for them, you would think. Even with Middlestat and a couple other key players out, uh, they've still been able to find the back of the net, the Sabres. And Grubauer has been – Let's be honest. He's not been as good as he was last year so far with Colorado, as he was last year with Colorado so far with Seattle. So I think Buffalo can find the back of the net. And I certainly think Seattle will. What do you think, Andrew here? Buffalo, Seattle. Yeah. Small lean towards Buffalo, but uh, I, I like the over as well. Just like you guys, um, the lean is just strictly a value point here. Uh, but 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you see the Sabres go up against the Ducks, Kings, Sharks, and and now add the Kraken into that road trip mix here. Um, it's it's the same recipe I often look for. End of uh, start of the road trip. I usually expect lower scoring games. Not really what we saw uh, in that game uh, for for the Sabres against the Ducks. But I, I think that closing things out here, it's going to be a track meet, and you know, playing a Kraken team who. I think we've all agreed we think it's going to be a more exciting team to watch at home. Um, and, you know, what's funny about that, guys, is that, like, all of these guys, they're obviously – it's their it's their first time playing for this team. But there's just something about playing in front of your home crowd that I, I think that, you know, people might not think the basketball or hockey, it's as big of a factor. But I think that for certain teams like the Kraken, it's going to be for sure, especially for totals-wise. So I'll, I'll certainly be looking for more overs for them at home. All right, there we go. Lean Buffalo and uh, liking the over here for Andrew with Buffalo-Seattle. All right, final game of this Thursday card, St. Louis Blues, San Jose Sharks, St. Louis minus 115 road favorites, five and a half the total. This number's come down. Uh, St. Louis open minus 130, and now it's down to minus 115 uh, in most spots. Of course, you want to keep an eye on the uh, situation here for the uh, San Jose Sharks. Of course, they've had a bunch of key absences uh, on the uh, COVID-19 list, and yet they've won both games despite all of these key absences they beat the jets uh, in overtime uh, on saturday and then of course they end up uh beating buffalo 5-3 the other night so give uh, the sharks credit you know matt nieto mark edward vlasic timo meyer kevin lebank eric carlson uh, among others that have been uh, sidelined the last couple of games and yet they've turned it on they've turned it up uh, they've played a solid sturdy game they've still found ways to score goals and win these last two games. Can it keep up, though, indefinitely? Like, are they going to get any of these guys back tonight? Which where It's a wait and see uh, prior to game time. I, I'm trying to make a case for the Blues here in a bounce-back spot after a tough shootout loss to the uh, LA Kings last night. What a shootout that was, by the way. Uh, back and forth it went, uh, and the Kings got the uh, victory uh, over the Blues in a shootout. Um, so I, I, And the price now has gotten to the point where you're going to put these teams on a level playing field here, minus 110, minus 115, especially if the Sharks are shorthanded. Almost out of principle, I've got to back the uh, Blues here on a second of back-to-back. But, you know, I do want to see what they go with in net because it looks like Joel uh, Hoffer uh, might end up being the goaltender uh, for no relation to Jimmy Hoffer. No, I'm kidding. That's not funny. Uh, Joel Hoffer here for the uh, uh, St. Louis Blues. Let's hope he doesn't get buried. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't get buried. Yeah, uh, by the uh, San Jose Sharks tonight. Uh, called up from the AHL. He'll be the backup to Bennington because Billy Huso's out in COVID protocol. So he might get his first start here for the uh, St. Louis Blues. And uh, we'll have to see how it goes for him here if he does indeed get the start. It's not confirmed, though, yet. So you could still see Bennington as, uh, once again on the second night of back-to-back. So we'll lean Blues, but I haven't locked it in yet. I want to see lineups before the puck drop. But I lean St. Louis here. I just find it's it seems like even on a back to back on the road, and you get them off a loss too. So you got a St. Louis team that's probably looking to bounce back, play a better overall 60 minute game here against San Jose. And more than anything, I just don't know if the roulette wheel is going to keep coming up on black here for San Jose with all these uh, uh, absences. You know, at some point they're going to feel them. And, you know, they played Winnipeg at the end of a road trip and they played Buffalo. You know, St. Louis is going to be a little bit different. So, 
Lean Blues haven't pulled the trigger yet. We'll see what the lineups are, but it's St. Louis or pass for me in this game. Alex, what about you? Blues and Sharks. Yeah, I like this first period over. You're only laying a dollar fifteen with the one and a half. Uh, Aiden Hill's going in net. He has given up three or more goals in four of his first five starts this year. Uh, he said the Sharks are finding ways to score goals without uh, many of their key players. You like said being out with, with the COVID issue, and this is the second night of a back-to-back for St. Louis. That game last night was was absolutely awesome to watch. Uh, for for a three two shootout game, and I, I I did pretty well myself. I ended up cashing uh, three live bets. Actually, I had uh, L A getting both goals in regulation on next to score props, and then I jumped in on a live money line, and it was kind of fortunate to get that because there was nothing but posts pretty much uh, in that shootout frame where it looked like St Louis was going to get lucky and win it, but then uh, in the fourth frame it was L A taking the win. So I could definitely see, like I said, and if it's Hofer and that. Uh, he's a guy I have ranked pretty low compared to uh, Huso and Bennington. So this definitely would just lean to me going with the first period over. All right, first period over uh, for Alex with the Blues and the Sharks. Jimmy, St. Louis and San Jose. Yeah, I like that first period over as well. But in terms of the side, I love the Sharks in this, guys. I, I think that this Sharks team, I'm starting to buy in with them, man. I mean, they, they are, you know, we mentioned the Pittsburgh Penguins and all the adversity they've faced and how they keep fighting that adversity and coming through with all those guys out of their lineup. Well, look at the Sharks, too. I mean, mm-hmm. we for them to kind of fade off, but I'll tell you, the future is looking bright. I don't think they're going to go on a – you know, they could be in a playoff hunt at the end, but, I mean, if you're a Sharks fan right now, enjoy this. It's a fun season that everybody wrote off already, and they're they're way overachieving. So uh, enjoy it while it lasts here, and I like them taking advantage of a tired St. Louis Blues squad. Uh, give me the Sharks on the money line here. Yeah, I mean, San Jose's been impressive. Uh, I mean, other than running out of gas, running out of gas at the end of a long Eastern road trip against Boston and Nashville, they lost the two last two games of that road trip. I think they were starting to run on fumes and a little yeah. exhausted, all the travel, and then they fell flat against Montreal, which we know San Jose long-term has been terrible. First home game off a very long road trip. Uh, and then they've bounced back since then and won two in a row. So you take out that three-game stretch, end of a long road trip, the first home game off that long road trip, and they've won every other game this year, uh, the San Jose Sharks. So, yeah, and I don't know if I truly feel like trying my luck third time in a row against San Jose uh, with all these absences. That's another thing that concerns me here. Uh, Andrew, Blue Sharks. I like the full game over in this one. I think it's going to be a sloppy game. Uh, I think we should see some goals. And good point by Jimmy to bring up that, they're another team, you know, like you guys said, that uh, hasn't really even mattered who's in or out. Uh, they're finding a way. And uh, I feel like both teams will get on the board tonight. So full game over for me here. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'd say two guys. I mean, it's a, it's a long shot. You could throw like, I don't know, 10, 25 bucks on it right now. But if you could get Jack uh, Jack Adams uh, prop on, on Bob Bugner right now, I mean, this guy to me has been the best coach so far in the NHL with what he's done with this team. Yeah, and especially with so much of the lineup out the last two games and you find your way to victories against the uh, Jets and the uh, Sabres in the last two games. No, he definitely deserves a a, a fair amount of credit. And Mike Sullivan, too. You know, we mentioned the Penguins. So uh, those two guys got to be considered through the first month of the season. I don't think Sullivan gets enough credit, Jimmy, because he has such great stars on his team and great team players. But, yeah, he's a good coach. Look at what he's doing without those stars, right? Mm. No, he's done good. The only thing I don't like what he did is that he he never took Jari out. I'll go back to that again. He never took Jari out of that (laughs) must-win game against the Islanders last year in the playoffs when it was like (laughs) 5-3 and the guy's terrible. He's got nothing. And you don't give that – Backup goalie, who was it that yeah. night? Legacy, like because I think 
DeSmith was injured at the time. Mm -hmm. He didn't go to Legacy at all. Like, yeah. I don't care what you think about Legacy. And obviously, they must think he's a terrible goalie to not even – like, this guy had nothing, Jari, right. in that game. He was Ian, awful in that I'll tell game. you what. I think I told you this before, but I, I saw a game in Ottawa. It was uh, Sens versus Pens. And I, I, one, yeah, I swear to God, it was so funny. So the Senators actually blew out the Penguins, surprisingly enough. Yeah. And Jari got pulled. His backup came in, he got lit up, and then Jari came back in again. So sometimes it's kind of like you might as well keep this guy in and see if he can bounce back because I don't think there's anything more embarrassing than when you pull a guy and then he ends up coming back out again. You don't see it often. You see it sometimes in junior, but at the NHL level for your backup to get pulled, that's kind of weird. Yeah, but in that Islander-Penguin, that's the game the Penguins got eliminated in the island last year in the playoffs. Yeah. If I'm sitting where Maxime Legacy is, and I'm him, and I'm seeing that 5-3, another goal right through the 5-hole, and Jari goes in uh, from the Islanders, I'm thinking, they must think I'm some kind of shitty goaltender to not even get a <laughs> chance now. One chance in net with this guy, with what he's doing out yeah. there right now. It's so that was the only thing, thing I'll though, stay bad about Mike Sullivan. Other than that, I think it's a respect thing, though. It's kind of like you have to go with your guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've only I've coached sports at very obviously amateur amateur levels like high school, but if I've got if I'm playing in a big game and I've got one of my star players not playing well, the end of the day, you kind of just you go with your guy, you know? That's kind of and I know I know it's a goalie and I know that it's it's playoffs and you got to be able to make moves, but sometimes you go with someone that you've been going with and you don't really want to just make changes. That's why I thought it was so crazy Florida was what they have three or four goalies play last playoffs. Yeah, I mean Florida had a bunch of they had they had Bobrovsky, Knight, Drieger. Did Montembeau was still there yeah, even get yeah, a couple of games? I'm he sure did. he did. So yeah, they had a, just a bunch of different goalies uh playing for them last year and they all contributed and uh I think they're happy with the just uh, the two reliable guys they've got now though. They fixed it. Uh, Bobrovsky and Knight, they've got a nice duo going right now with the uh, Florida Panthers uh, in between the pipes. Great show. Uh, Thursday card. A lot of games. Alex, Jimmy, and Andrew, uh, the whole crew on the show today. Great to have them. Uh, uh, thanks to everyone for joining us live. Uh, as always on the show, we'll wrap up the show now with best bets for this Thursday card. Alex, what do you got for best bet? We will go with Florida-Washington draw plus 320. I feel like this is going to be a game that's going to be pretty close and, and tight and uh, he said, you know, Florida, you know, haven't feeling kind of the, the injury bug biting them a little bit. So uh, I expect this to be a 2-2 two -two or a 3-3 three -three game after 60 minutes and we're getting a good price there. So uh, Caps, Panthers, draw plus 320 is my best bet. All right. Washington, Florida, draw plus 320. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Jimmy Murphy, best bet. I'm going to go with that under in the Isles-Habs game, guys. The under five and a half there. So that will be my bet. All right, Islanders, Canadians under five and a half, minus 135. Uh, Jimmy Murphy's best bet. Andrew McGinnis, best bet. I'm going to rock with uh, Sens and uh, and Golden Knights over the total. You know, I think that Vegas, they're not happy about their defensive performance by any means against the Leafs, but I feel like we're still going to see the Senators get some of their own, and I think Vegas bounce, backs off and bounce back offensively. So I keep saying this. If I keep getting five and a half with the Senators, I'll keep you know finding a reason to potentially look for an over. All right, there we go. Vegas, Ottawa, over five and a half. Uh, best bet for Andrew McGinnis. And my best bet is, hopefully, never mind release the Kraken. Release the goals. Release the red light tonight. 
in the Emerald City, Buffalo, Seattle, uh, over five and a half tonight for my best bet, Sabres and Kraken for this Thursday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. We thank everybody uh, in the chat for joining us live. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week on YouTube, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Make sure you download that podcast. For Alex B. Smith, Jimmy Murphy, Andrew McGinnis, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.